Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. As I speak, it's Wednesday, February 12, 2020. Uh, the headlines in my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, my goodness. Smollett sequel. Yeah, Jesse Smollett. They're going at him again. Uh, we're not going to talk about that today, but that's the headlines in the paper. Smollett sequel. They're not using my headline. Smollett gate. Come on, Sun-Times. Wake up. Smollett gate. Uh, they're going to beat that horse until it dies. Uh, yes, indeed, that's the headline. But, of course, it's a podcast. You can be listening to it anytime. And longtime listeners of the bonus shows and the Ben Jarowski show are saying, hey, where's the music? Where's the music that the doctor usually plays? Well, I have a confession to make. I left the doctor's uh, backpack at my house today instead of bringing it. It has the computer in it. So I humbly apologize to everyone, including Dr. D, Dr. Doobie, as he's known back home in Alton. Not my name. Uh, for leaving. But tomorrow we'll have the music because uh, I'll bring the backpack. As we do with every uh, bonus show on the Ben Jarofsky Show, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself or herself. So I'm going to ask distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Um. I shouldn't have to because I've done this before. <laughs> no, Henry Davis Jr., Councilman Davis from the 2nd District City, South Bend. How's it going, Ben? It's going very well. That's and awesome. Henry Davis Jr. has been a frequent guest on this show, as uh, has brought, done the last time. His father's in the studio, but he's already warned me he's not going to talk. So he's just going to sit there. One day I'm going to get Henry Davis Sr. on the show and get the real scoop about what's going on in South Bend, Indiana. How about that, Henry Davis Jr.? He's abnormally quiet. I I was thought you know, <laughs> yeah I would love that's, to hear that's what he not, has to say. No, that's not normal. All right, so longtime listeners of the show know that perhaps one of my most popular features, uh, the f most popular single show, may have been the one where uh, Henry Davis first showed up. I believe it was in the summer. I think July or August. I'm losing track, Henry. You showed up uh, with your uh, big sister. People in Chicago knows as Stacey Davis Gates. And uh, you talked about your experiences as a council member in South Bend, Indiana, in South Bend, Indiana with one Mayor Pete. Yes, that's who, what we talked about. That's what we talked about. That blew up. Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing you on TV shows, uh, podcasts, uh, your Twitter feeds blowing up. Everybody's looking to you, uh, because you have an interesting vantage point onto, uh, Mayor Pete's career, probably more to the point, Mayor Pete's, uh, inability to connect with black voters in South Bend, Indiana. Would you agree with me on that? Yes, I would agree with you on that. I think he's polling somewhere around 0% with African-Americans, and which is really tragic because we want to like uh, carve out the fact that he's polling zero with African-Americans, but it's like he's doing really well with the white community. Well, I think that that's like, you know, a contradiction of a person running for office, especially the highest office of the land. You're supposed to connect with all Americans. Mm -hmm. Think about it. 
So at some point, he has um, made a decision to say, I can just deal with the people that look like me that have money. And that's that's very poor. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're going to be the president of the United States of America, you're the president for everyone. You're just not the president for, you know, the elite status folks that look like you, the one that has wine caves, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) dinners. I mean, the the cave was beautiful. (laughs) I wish I could have me. (laughs) It was beautiful, man. I I, I ain't know that type of thing even went on. You know, I I was educated that day, you know, but uh, it's that's so small of a number of a percentage of people that live in America or even live in the world. Mm-hmm. Those people have something different going on, you know? And so I, I, I really believe and think that we are in a position right now where, you know, we're going to have to like be very um, intentional about who we choose for president based upon what we've, what we've seen so far. Uh, Cause that's not good. All right. Well, we'll broaden the, the conversation to the full uh, democratic race Get your thoughts. Uh, that we're, we're having this conversation the day after uh, the uh, New Hampshire primary where uh, Mayor Pete finished second to Bernie Sanders. Klobuchar p- finished third. But things are going to get really interesting with Mayor Bloomberg about to enter the field for the first time. But we've discussed this so many times uh, on this show, uh, Henry, not with you, but with other guests. And let me give you, if I can summar- summarize uh, the general opinion that's thrown on, get your reaction to it. Uh, when it comes to black voters in America, uh, and they're dealing with a new face, and let's face it, except for black people in South Bend, no black <laughs> people had ever heard of Mayor Pete before. No white people had ever heard of Mayor Pete except for South Bendians or whatever you guys are called. Uh, and uh, so, is, is there a name? <laughs> is, is it Bendians? Man, come on, man. <laughs> South Bendians? Come on, man. I've never heard that before, man. You just trying to add stuff <laughs> to our... To our profile. No, I don't know what we call ourselves, man. We're just from South Bend. Hoosiers. Uh, anyway. That's the state of Indiana. Oh, that's the state of Indiana. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and, and the attitude is, uh, so when black people are confronted with a, a white candidate, a white Democrat, nobody has ever heard of before, they, they tend to see, well, how is he regarded by black people who know him in his hometown. And the inability, the difficulty Bernie Sanders had on that front is that he's from Vermont. This is back in 2016. There's hardly any black people in the state of Vermont. So there's a little skepticism right there off the bat. The problem uh, Mayor Pete had is that uh, the black people who knew him best from his hometown, you at the, the head of the list, had negative things to say about him. And I don't think he's ever overcome that. Do you agree with that? Uh... Nope, they were not negative. They were truthful. And it was looked upon as being negative because I guess you're not supposed to have the truth anymore in America. Uh, and that's, that's, the, that's the other problem with politics and anything at this point. Uh, the moment that you say something that does not um, fit the narrative or is not congruent with popular belief or thought, you are become the enemy of these people or whoever that is. And that's unfair. Um, that that's unfair to a whole lot of people. Anyone that's listening and watching, we have to be very, um, um, very mindful of our influence. And so when we begin to give credence and start saluting um, things that uh, are negative, are untruthful, that means we are telling everyone else that listens to us or that is in our sphere of influence that it's okay. And I think that that is like really like that that's, that, actually, that's the worst. When you are going out and you're supporting something that you know that is bad, 
and it has bad actors in it, but you're doing it so that you can uh, uh, accumulate some sort of like fame or, or, or notoriety, and you're doing it for those reasons. But you know that that person that you're saluting or supporting is bad or whatever's going on is bad. You have to be understanding. You have to understand your sphere of influence is now going to follow that bad thing. So it grows. It, it multiplies. And then people turn around and say, well, I didn't know why, why you know, this is going on or why, you know. Well, yeah, I do know why it's going on. I, <laughs> I do know why these things are happening because you supported something a long time ago. It's like you're, you're sowing bad seeds mm-hmm. and then you're going to reap a harvest. And you're not going to reap a good harvest. You're going to reap a bad harvest because you just sowed a bad seed. So, again, people need to be very, very uh, conscious and, and, and very intentional about how they're choosing uh, or what they choose to do, mm-hmm. their decisions. And we all get one. Well, uh, it's interesting, This, uh, in many ways, Mayor Pete's uh, story in this current race uh, sheds light on a racial divide in this country. Uh, Mayor Pete, as you pointed out, I think is polling less than 2% uh, countrywide, nationwide among black voters. And yet he's doing relatively well among white voters. Uh, he came in second in New Hampshire, uh, he came in uh, second in the popular vote in Iowa. Uh, so what, in your opinion, does that say about the state of affairs in, in this country today that somebody uh, who has such a low appeal among black voters is doing so well among white voters in the Democratic primary? Well, white voters want to believe that he is the second coming of a Barack Obama. They want to believe that there's something great that's going to happen with this particular candidate. They know it is because he speaks really, really well. He is very poised. He doesn't look like he gets rattled about anything. And we need that type of uh, that type of uh, 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 person in the White House because it's a direct contrast to what we have right now. And we're going to win with that person. And, and so what they also do is that when somebody like myself or someone else with an experience with this particular person comes up and says, Hey, hold on. That's not it. Then I become the enemy of, because I can tell you what you are believing is not necessarily the truth is not consistent. What you're believing is what you see. And that's great because that's what you're supposed to believe. But there is something behind that. And that's something behind that is what's need to be told. Like that lady, um, she came back and asked for her vote back because she heard that he was a uh, that he was married to a man. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. It was in Iowa. Yeah, it was in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. 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 and I so heard about this. and so she was just like, "I want my vote back," and they were like, "Why?" You know, and so you know, obviously she gets her vote back and she's able to vote for someone else. Well, some I was in the barbershop when we were watching that, and this guy said, "Well, how did she not know?" I said, "Have you ever heard of Target marketing?" And he was just like, what is that? And I told him that she may live in some poorer side of the community somewhere in Iowa in the middle of a cornfield. I don't know. They made sure at some point that she was only receiving this type of information. So she didn't necessarily need to see him with, you know, his significant other. She didn't need to hear about anything about South Bend. All she needed to know is that, you know, he's a Rose Scholar, you know, the things that they wanted her to know. Mm-hmm. And so when she was finally educated about what's behind that she's like oh my god no you know and so she's and that's a prerogative she's allowed that everyone else is but the problem is is that you know white america 
wants to believe that this is the perfect deal and mm -hmm. this is the perfect thing and that nothing like this ever shows up. Well, every human being has some baggage if they've been living on this earth. Yeah. So the problem, you know, that they have is that they want to believe that there is like this perfect human being that's going to rid us of all our social ills. Well, the truth is, the reason why we have social ills is, ills is because of people that are voting for this person that they want to be, you know, become president. Yeah. Everybody plays a part is what I'm getting at. All right. Well, I'm just going to weigh in on the lady. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that's reason. And my, this is just me speaking. Uh, what, what a dumb reason to take the vote away from the guy because uh, he's gay. That's number one. And number two, uh, <laughs> well, Iowa, man, that just like that story just shows everything. I'm going to take back my vote. What, what, when does anybody ever get to take back their vote? You know, you vote, you vote. And and I'm not sympathetic toward that lady in any way. You know, uh, what a dumb reason not to vote for Pete. Of all the reasons not to vote for Pete Buttigieg, that's not even on my list, uh, Henry Davis. You know, well, I mean, I mean they, but but that's her prerogative, though. This is America. She's allowed that, and so we have to give her that same respect as anyone else gets. Some people may not vote for someone because they don't like the way their shoes look. We don't know why people vote the way they vote usually. But if that is our part of our core belief, she's allowed that. And she, yes, she is allowed that. I don't have to give her any respect for it. <laughs> I don't have to give her any respect for it. I, I hear mean, that. And I certainly don't believe she should get her vote a vote over. I never heard of a vote over before. Hey, man. I, 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 well, Iowa. The more I hear about Iowa, the more. Yeah, I was going to say, man, that, that was a bad thing going on over there. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Can they count? Uh, I'm good. I want to re-vote. Okay. Right, yeah. oh, okay, sure, Mr. Jarofsky. Go to step at the front of the line. <laughs> Iowa. That you do you agree with me that Iowa should not be the first state that uh, lead, you know in the uh, Democratic uh, presidential primary system. No, they should not. And as a matter of fact, Iowa probably needs to go to the traditional form or what we do know of uh, voting right now. They I, need to go to the polls. I'm going to say something to all my Hawkeye fans. Because you messed up so bad in last election, you lose your voting privileges in the next election. That's <laughs> it. Iowa doesn't even get to vote. How about that? Oh, Hawkeye's little pin, you're unfair. They that that they, their system is so outdated uh, that they need to you know come into the 21st century. That's this not, is how bad it is. That's not it anymore. The Hoosiers have a better voting system than Iowa. See, we do have some good things going <laughs> I'm on. I'm bashing in all the states around <laughs> Illinois, Indiana, and wait till I get to Wisconsin. Good yeah, God. well, they it, that needs to change, though. I mean, it's clear that it needs to change. Absolutely, so, all kidding and, aside. And given what has occurred, you know, has that happened before? It just never was like you know uh, announced. Yeah, that's a valid point. Uh, this is the first time in terms of Iowa, Henry, where they announced the popular vote, and uh, I remember. Uh, back when Obama won in 2008, right. they just had the canvassing. I mean, excuse me, they had the caucus, and then they announced who got the delegates. Right. So, for all we know, Joe Biden may have won that election. I don't know, and someone stole you don't, it. For, but you don't know who won. Right. You do not know who won. You don't. You don't know who won. Yeah. And given the way that lady responded about what she did or did not know about that candidate, leads me further to believe that there was some things going on there that probably was nefarious. 
It's too bad. Yeah, well, it's too bad, and Iowa should not be the lead state. Uh, what's your thoughts on, before I get to the next thing, uh, Governor Pritzker here in Illinois says Illinois should be the lead state. What do you think about that, Illinois being the number one state going out of the chute? Uh, uh, you you really primary? want Chicago to set the precedence yes. uh, on how we vote in America? <laughs> that, that, Speaking of it. cities known for cheating. Uh, <laughs> you want the, you want this guy, this this person, this city to, you know. All right, valid like, point. Uh, Chicago bashing, but I'll say this, Henry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, man. Uh, That's what you want. I mean, we, yeah, I'm, why not? Iowa does the same thing. I've never heard, <laughs> and I've been around Chicago a long time, seen a lot of uh, uh, questionable uh, politics in Chicago. I never heard of a voter going up to, no, actually, that's not true. You can do that. I'm thinking about it. it up until the last minute, you once you give your ballot to the election judge and the election judge feeds it through the machinery and it's officially counted, that's it. But up that's to that, yeah. I never heard anybody walk out, come back and go. But they don't have. What? But they don't have a machine there. They have people who are collecting votes and counting them by hand. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, hey, look, man. You know, like I said, they need to like step it up. You know. Uh, yeah, Iowa's. Yeah, all right. Enough so, bashing of Iowa. No, they bashed themselves. They shouldn't um, have done it. They shouldn't have done it. They should have had a regular primary. I agree, and it should not be the first state. It should be a more diverse state, uh, which uh, leads me then uh, to the state of the Democratic uh, primary, uh, the run for the presidency. We've had two states. Uh, that have uh, participated, that got to vote. One is Iowa, we just said. One is New Hampshire. Uh, neither state has a significant number of black people living like in it. Less than 1% or, le- or, or less than, you know, it's like nobody. Yeah. So that's interesting that that's how uh, the Democrats uh, decide. This is a party that uh, a good chunk of its voters, if its base is... Our, our black voters. It's black, it's back, the backbone of the Democratic Party is absolutely African-American voters. And so if African-American voters do not feel like they're being uh, respected in this process, they don't have a candidate in this process, guess what they do? They stay home. And guess what happens next? They're out, the opposing party wins. Yeah, uh, It's simple math there. So the Democratic Party is responsible for and to ensure that um, – uh, African-Americans as a whole have something to hold on to and something to bite into. Mm-hmm. But I don't think these people really care. I mean, it looks like the Democratic Party is going uh, so far left that it's becoming elite. And by them becoming elite, they are now looking like the Republican Party. Explain that. Well, I mean, so how do you put a Pete Buttigieg out in front? And now Bloomberg, he buys his way into mm-hmm. the primary. I mean, <laughs> where, where they do that at? And these guys represent that one percent that we all say we are against, that we are not in, interested in. And then when you look at the polar opposite within the same party with some a guy that is not a Democrat but is running, but is an independent. He's running in a Democratic Party. Like it's like this internal fight that's going on. You know about what is Democrat at this point. Meanwhile, Tom Perez is over drinking his coffee. Tom Perez, the ch- yeah, the he's not saying anything. Chairperson of Democratic yeah, Party. Yeah, he's saying nothing. You know, and this is imploding any chance of winning in November. It's killing it. Donald Trump is over there having a field day. Seriously, he's having a field day. I mean, what does he have to worry about? We can't even get out the the blocks. We're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he knows, Tom Perez knows that uh, Democratic values is not the 1% thing or not even the 2% thing. That's not the Democratic Party's values. 
has never been. Mm-hmm. That's how you collect so many African-Americans in, in, inside of that conversation. But somehow, some way, that thing takes center stage. I'll just say this. Uh, you're a basketball fan. Uh, we are in the early stages of the first quarter. And there's four quarters. I mean, you can't even have overtime. So this this game, yes, Donald Trump uh, had a great week last week. He was acquitted in the Senate on impeachment. Yeah. He watched the Democrats just drop everything in Iowa, make fools of themselves with their inability to count the vote. Uh, and then he watched uh, Bernie Sanders. It looked as though Bernie Sanders was once again getting iced out by the rules makers in the Democratic Party. He gets the popular vote, but somehow he ends up with fewer delegates. So, like, even like Van Jones was on CNN saluting the second and third place runner. Where they do that at? We, we you're running to win. So you talk about the first place person. You don't talk about second and third. Two is not a winner. Three, no one remembers. But somehow, some way, you know, Van Jones is on there, you know, saluting number two and number three. Who, is, who is he saluting? This is in, two and, yes, this, I think oh, it was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, okay. he was like talking about how great Pete Buttigieg is and how, you know, great of a, a race that he's running and uh, the Amy uh, lady. From, yeah. And so it's like he's talking really strong. Says nothing about Bernie. What do you think that's all about? He's not a Democrat. That's what they say. So he doesn't deserve to run in the Democratic primary. Which I think is again nuts. Tom Perez, where are you at? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, the only person that's galvanizing and collecting as many people to vote to overtake a Donald Trump is Bernie. Do you think there's a bias against Bernie Sanders by the party leaders? I know what I believe in. Well, this. he's, he's against the one percent who's controlling both sides of the table. So they have to figure out how we make sure we maintain after this election our, 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 our authority. That's what's going on. That's the fight. It's clear as day to me. I don't know if it's, you know, anybody else is paying attention, but it's clear as day. So the 1%, the people who have the money are saying we have to maintain our, you know, our status. We have to maintain our power. If Bernie gets in, we're going to get shook. So we're kind of fine with Trump. We're kind of fine. We, 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 we can kind of like deal with Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bernie, a man, no, we can't do that. So, you know, if he wins, he doesn't win. Mm-hmm. If Bernie, you know, wins, we're going to figure out why he doesn't win. You know, so you're going to hear real soon about his health. You're going to start hearing about all kinds of things that have absolutely nothing to do with the election that's going to try to bring down his numbers. But one thing they do know is that Bernie's supporters are strong Bernie supporters. And so those folks, man, you piss them off. Guess what? No one votes. Yeah. <laughs> You'll probably start seeing them cross over and endorse Trump. Uh, I don't they, see that. They'll get pissed off like that. I'm serious. I've seen it. Well, before. last night we had a uh, on the night of the New Hampshire primary. Uh, we had a get together at a bar. We were watching the results come in. A group of us were uh, having a discussion of it. And there was one participant who said uh, she was a Bernie supporter. And she said clearly, she said that if any, if it's Buttigieg or a Bloomberg uh, or Klobuchar, she is not going to vote. See? For, but she wouldn't, she, I mean, she's a lefty, so she's not going to vote for Trump. So she just will either leave the uh, president's race blank, just not vote sure. in it, or she'll vote for some third party candidate. She doesn't even know who's running, okay? So, but she's not gonna vote for Trump. So I have a hard time believing that lefties will vote for Donald John Trump. They may not vote, uh, or they may vote for an alternative, 
you know. Well, I was just saying that as a protest vote against the way the system is not, you know, working in their favor. No, they probably won't vote for a Trump, but the system is not working in their favor. You know, I used to go on a radio show down in South Bend. It's called Michiana News Channel. They play a lot of Rush Limbaugh on there, mm-hmm. uh, 95.3. And I used to think that they, those guys were like insane, you know, uh, for the most part. You know, they used to use all this this language. You know, uh, it wasn't curse, word, curse words or anything. It was just, you know, this language. Tyrannical government was a word that was always used. And I was just like, what are y'all talking about? I mean, you know, the, the world is getting ready to come to an end. You know, that it was that type of discussion. Mm-hmm. And but now I know what they're talking about. Tyrannical government is when a, the system turns in on itself or, or the people that are supposed to receive from the system. And so I, I got it now. You know, they now look. <laughs> the Rush Limbaugh folks, you know, what I mean? they, they they're, they're, on, they're on a different playing field, you know, but. They almost like kind of like predicted that at some point the the government itself is going to turn in on this people. And that's what you're starting to see now with this particular uh, election. Uh, Does it happen now? No, I don't think it happens now. But you're starting to see, you know, some highlights of how this can and probably will happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does Bloomberg just show up and say, hey, I'm coming into the race? Dude, where have you been? Did you see where Patrick Duvall dropped out? Yes. Yeah. You know, and so you're starting to see like all of this like different stuff going on, and it's just like what's going on. You know, they're saying that uh, Bloomberg is uh, uh, doing well because he's running commercials, and black people like him. Black people don't like him. Stop, Mister Stop and Frisk. No, come on, but they're feeding you just like that lady overnight. Well, what they want you to know. Wow, what a thought. Just uh, briefly say this when you said Rush Limbaugh. I just have to say this right now, Rush Limbaugh. And you, and yeah, the guy that got the medal. Yes, <laughs> got the was it the medal of honor? I don't what, know what nothing. The name of it is, but it's the highest award a course, civilian can right. receive for the president of the United States. He got it the State of the uh, Union speech Trump gave. Trump's wife presented to him. Rush Limbaugh is one of the most hateful announcers uh, in recent history who's had broad. Uh, access to the way, wavelengths, he, Henry, he has a reach that you and I can only uh, you know dream of having, all right? But he's used it to divide America. He's used it to put out some of the most uh, vitriolic, nasty, mean, you know, uh, race-splitting rhetoric in the world. And he gets the Medal of Honor? Yeah. Do you understand what Trump's doing when he does that? He's trying to move ex- what used to be on the far right to the center to make acceptable to people that rhetoric that kids would get kicked out of school for saying. You would get punished for some of the stuff that he says if you were to say it uh, in a classroom. And he's honoring that man. See, that's... He's exciting his base. Yeah, but he's also... if Okay, follow up. I hear you saying he's exciting his base. But let's say you're a swing voter in South Bend. All right. You work for Notre Dame. Uh, this is something I've learned from Henry Davis Jr. Why, that why Notre do Dame. To, why do I have to work for Notre Dame? Well, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> of a swing voter in South Bend is a professor at Notre Dame. All right. Okay. Okay. And that, you, that actually is true. Okay. You could go. You got nice money. You get a good, pretty good salary. But you, you're educated, so you believe that you know uh, climate change is a serious uh, threat. Maybe you're liberal on social issues, so you think that women should have a right to choose if they get pregnant. All right. So you know you're a liberal. 
But on the other hand, uh, you know, like you're scared of Bernie. All right. So you're kind of like you're thinking about voting for Donald Trump. If you vote for Donald Trump after he gives the Medal of Honor to uh, a nasty, mean-spirited, bigoted, white supremacist like Rush Limbaugh, you have accepted Rush Limbaugh as worthy of getting that Medal of Honor. Do you follow what I'm saying? He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. My bad. The Presidential Medal of Freedom. And there are people who actually listen to Rush Limbaugh. You said it. There are people that actually believe what Rush Limbaugh says. And it's a lot of them. But I presume it's not like an e- our example. It's not an economics professor at Notre Dame. I don't know. I don't know. But you can't collect all those millions of people and believe that they all live under 10 roofs in, the, in Mississippi. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody has to be voting for them. It, it, I'm sure there are black people that are voting for him as well. You see the guy on, on YouTube. His, his name is, is Henry Davis. And he's a Trump supporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he, not this Henry. No, uh, he, he goes for it, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You almost believe that he got brainwashed at some point, man. But, yeah, somebody has to be voting for him. They, they, they actually believe in that. They believe that. And it's tragic. Mm-hmm. But they believe it. But that's the country is built on that. And it still actually operates in that manner. It's just changed its face a little bit. Well, I believe when 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 uh, Limo got that medal, I thought that was another example of Republicans just moving the right to the center so that it becomes more and more acceptable. And you're right. There may be some uh, sophisticated Notre Dame professors. I'm picking a Notre Dame only because you're from South Bend. Uh, sophisticated Notre Dame professors who are quietly on the down low voting for Donald John Trump. I believe they're not quietly voting for Donald Trump. I think they are actually voting for Donald Trump and they have no shame about voting for Donald Trump. Well, that's where I disagree with you. And this is my theory. Do you not know Hillary only won by a few votes in in St. Joseph County? It wasn't like no landslide or anything. She barely won. No, but what, I, what I'm about, to, I, I did not realize, I did not know what the uh, the vote total was uh, in St. Joseph. That's the county in which South Bend yeah. is. Okay. Um, my theory, which I've been uh, talking about a lot about today, is we were we had a pollster on the show. It's still Indiana. What's that? Yeah, it's still Indiana. Okay. Uh, it, the KKK was really big in Indiana. Mm. Um, we had a pollster on the show, and uh, in fact, you met him as you came in. Anyway, yeah. the pollster was on the, sh- the earlier show. And I uh, got into the issue of people lying to pollsters. And my theory is... Yeah, that, they do that too. All right. right. This is my theory. Let's get your thoughts on it. But trying this out for everybody. Uh, the, there's, uh, I divide lying to pollsters by race. Follow me on this. I'm following. White people lie to pollsters when they, by saying they are not voting for Donald Trump because they're embarrassed to admit that they're racist. Absolutely. Okay. Black people lie to pollsters when they say they are voting for Trump and that inflates the number of black voters that people think have voted for Trump when in actuality it's far less. So there's two kind of lies. White people lie by saying they're not voting for Donald Trump. Black people lie by saying they are voting for Donald Trump. Why black people feel compelled to lie and say they're voting for Donald Trump is a whole other story. You have to be Sigmund Freud to figure that out. I don't know, man, if it's like that. I think black people who say they're voting for Trump probably are voting for Trump because it's a protest vote. I just told you how the party of black people, the Democratic Party, is treating us and have been treating us. This is not the first go around. 
Uh, remember the crime bill? Yes, I do remember the crime bill. <laughs> 1995. So, so I mean, think uh, about it. Wait, there's two separate issues here. The separate issue is whether the Democratic Party has earned the undying loyalty of black voters. And I believe you're absolutely correct when you say the answer is no, they have not earned that undying loyalty. The other question is, is there any substantial reason other than making a protest vote for any black person to vote for Donald John Trump? And the answer is no. Well, no, you would say that. I would say yes. Black people have always been poor, broke, busted, and disgusted. The worst schools, the worst neighborhoods, always the reason why violence takes off. I mean, seriously, listen to the narrative. You, you know this narrative. So what do I have to gain or lose in this situation when I can watch you fail, white people? You understand what? I understand. So, so it's not necessarily like you know some type of like you know some valiant effort I got to save you know planet Earth from Donald Trump. (laughs) It's it's almost like oh okay so y'all keep playing all right check this out I'm gonna vote for him because I don't like you because you you have been treating me wrong and I know what he's going to do to you. Because whatever he does to me has already been done. Fair enough. I'm used to it. F- fair enough. Yeah. Now, that's not a substantial, going to put a chicken in your pot reason to vote for Donald Trump. No. That's a reason. That's what I'm saying. You don't have a substantial, you're not going to gain anything other other than the but emotional you, charge. But you don't lose anything either. Well, it's a, neg- it's a balance out. Yeah. You yeah. don't lose anything either. Except so. that then you have Donald Trump as your president of the United States, uh, trashing black people every day of his of his life. I mean, he trashes everybody. I haven't seen him not trash anyone. I think he's on his own agenda. He's on his own wavelength. You know, he's a one percenter. Well, ultimately, that's who his policies benefit. Yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, so I still believe that uh, I stand by my. Uh, I had this very same conversation with your sister last week. It seems like whenever I see a Davis, I have this conversation. And you with know what? Her. I don't even talk to her that much. So I didn't even talk to her about what you guys talked about. I, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, it probably came from that guy that's sitting over there is the same bloodline. Uh, all right. So <laughs> are there any of uh, politicians? Okay, we could assume that. Uh, by the way, did, I asked you this off mic. I'll, I'll put it on mic. Uh, you went public with your criticism of Mayor Pete. It would seem an obvious reaction. Challenge of Mayor Pete. My, it, okay. it wasn't a, a criticism. It's challenged. Okay. You, I, you, I, you look, would, yeah, because when you say criticism, people automatically believe I'm hating. I'm a hater. No, I'm not a hater. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. I live in South Bend. I'm invested in South Bend. I believe in South Bend, right? I work for South Bend. I have dedicated my entire professional career to this point to South Bend. So I want to see South Bend develop in the way that I think it should. Not to say anybody else's way is worse or better, but I'm an invested interest. Mm -hmm. I have an interest in this. And so when people say criticism, it's almost like, oh, he's hating from the sidelines. No, I'm not hating from the sidelines. As a matter of fact, I'm on the front lines. I'm in the infantry. You know, I'm on the front line. I'm running straight to the opposition with my gun in hand, Mm -hmm. willing to take a bullet. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not criticism. It's like, okay, so I'm sitting there looking at a book full of numbers that says the city's budget is not healthy or it is healthy. Mm -hmm. He makes a decision that contradicts what's in the book. Mm-hmm. Then I say, sir, no. And I vote no, and then I have a press conference. 
he's criticizing Mayor Pete. No, I am doing my job. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so let's, let me rephrase my, my uh, sentence here. Uh, your heartfelt evaluation of Mayor Pete, okay? <laughs> After you've presented your heartfelt evaluation no. of Mayor Pete. <laughs> Can I finish my sentence? Uh, After you've presented your heartfelt evaluation of Mayor Pete, it would seem to me that uh, it might be a good idea for the mayor himself to reach out to you and say, Henry, I didn't realize uh, that you felt this way about me and the way I ran the city of South Bend. Uh, what can I do to mend, uh, mend this situation? Can we talk uh, so that you'll have a new appreciation of what I've tried to do? Or maybe I can learn from you uh, how to go forth uh, in the world. Has he done that? Reach no, out to you? He, he wouldn't reach out to me. He's, he's, he, he wouldn't do that because he wants to be, you know, like he doesn't exist. And so, like, somehow I become his nem became his nemesis. No, I'm not his nemesis. I'm no one's nemesis. There is a set of values that I believe in. There are things that I am supposed to do as an elected official, have been doing. This is my third term. And so what has occurred in this particular position, in, in this space, I'm being looked upon as somebody that's discrediting him. No, he's discrediting himself. If my job is to be a part of the checks and balances for the city of South Bend and to ensure that the budget is healthy, that the quality of life is high for everybody, then that's what I'm going to do. Okay. And so some of this stuff is just a simple equation. One plus one still equals two. Somehow, some way, when he came in, one plus one equals 16 today, you know, or, or equal 25. Henry, you're criticizing him. No, I've been in school all of my life, and the last time I checked, one plus one equals two. And so I don't know how we come with Henry is criticizing. No, it's not, not. And so then here comes the problem. And then I become the problem because I don't agree with their bad math. Mm hmm how fair is that you know so it's like a changing of a, the narrative right before your eyes and it, it, it flies in the right in the face of education so i may as well have not went to school not paid for an education in college i'm still in college as a matter of fact don't do any of those things i just show up and become your yes man and watch everything that i want dream and hope for fall by my ankles that's nuts that's nuts. All right. Uh, so he didn't reach out to you. I uh, didn't take my <laughs> didn't take my advice. Whatever. He won't be the first one who didn't take my advice. Uh, what about any of the other candidates uh, in the Democratic uh, in the Democratic primary? Uh, do you, are there any of that just pop out to you? Say, oh, I want to support this person. I like I said before when I came on here, um, I, I liked Elizabeth Warren, and I and I still like Bernie, and I've always liked Bernie. As a matter of fact, I knocked on doors of Bernie the last time he ran. Uh, I took time out my day, you know, several days, and beat on doors because I believe in his message. I believe in what he's saying. I think he's been quite consistent, you know, for you know as long as I can say on what he's been talking about. Now, there's no such thing as any, it's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Uh, just, you know, get this out the way, because I'm sure tomorrow I'll find something out about Bernie that I do not like, you know. But doesn't mean I just take it and throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't do that. You know, you figure out, you know, how this is going to still work in the grand scheme of things. And I believe wholeheartedly some of his policies as it relates to economics does help and support the African-American community at a very high level. I do believe that. I believe in healthcare and how healthcare is going to be, you know, not a, a commodity, right? Our health is not going to be a commodity. And it shouldn't be. I talked about this last time. I, you know, I told you I suffer from multiple sclerosis. My therapy 
Each therapy costs $50,000. If I didn't have insurance, think about that. I wouldn't get it, number one. But just think about if I had to pay out of pocket for all of that. That's at least $100,000 a year. That's not paying for being administered. That's not, you know, none of that. I'm just talking about the bag. You know, the, the solution come in. It costs 50 grand. That's nuts. And so you have a lot of people in America that are sick. America is sick. Do you see how I many food commercials come on TV uh, per day? I mean, everything is based upon this idea of some insane diet. And there's always some meat product that, you know, is, it's beef. And I want to go eat a double cheeseburger right now because that's all I see. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? America is unhealthy. We, uh, we know that. It's you got obese. Me hungry. Yeah, yeah, it's obese, right? So we have an, a problem with health. Yeah. And as a result, you know, in order for us to be the great nation that we claim to be and want to be, people have to be healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't be slouching at the job, not wanting to do anything or at home sick. They have to be active. And so we have to do something different. We have to, unless we're planning on just like, you know, packing it up and putting a tombstone somewhere in the middle of America and say, you know, it lasted, you know, while it was, it was fun while it lasted. Do you think that uh, Bernie Sanders is going to get a uh, higher portion of the black vote this time around that he did in 2016? Yeah, I'm hearing that more and more uh, that people are like really like leaning towards him, uh, black people uh, in particular. And, and and I think that's a good thing. I think they should have heard him last time. But, you know, I think who was running Hillary? You know, the Clintons, you know, they are the best you know, supporters of African-American community. Yes, they are to the prison system, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it, but these are the things that, you know, continues to, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's just like, it's, it's a bad cycle. Yeah. It's now, a bad cycle. Now folks can't see Henry. He's young. He's younger than me. Uh, so he's well, a lot of people are younger than me, but he's a young man. Uh, do you know, is there a generational uh, divide uh, in your neck of the woods in your family? Like are the older members of your family, the Ben age members of your family, more reluctant to support Bernie? I, you know, I mean, I had a conversation. Um, they usually go, with who I go with anyway. You know, I'm kind of the expert or one of them to my sister walks into the room and, you know, <laughs> Then everybody kind of like goes her way. And then, you know, that's the discussion. And then you're looking at him. He, he knows. Yeah, see, you see, you see that. You see how it pops up. Yeah. So, no, uh, no. But I really haven't had, you know, all seriousness. Uh, I haven't had that discussion with anyone. I got you. You know, it comes up. But, you know, you know I, when you said that, it brought back a memory. My late mom getting all teary eyed here. But uh, she was obsessive uh, political junkie. But uh, near the end of her life, she would call me for advice. Benny, who should I vote for? You know, and I would like give her a whole cheat sheet sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because she trusted my uh, judgment. So I know what you're saying when people turn to like, well, he's the political in the family. Yeah, right. You know, he follows this stuff. The next best thing. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, you know, I think that people um, really start, should probably give Bernie a little bit more of a look than they had before. I mean, even with the public education system, you know, he was here with the, the Chicago Teachers Union, wasn't he? Yes, Rallying he was. for them. Yeah. And, and that's serious because a lot of black kids go to public education mm -hmm. uh, systems and actually they're failing really bad, you know, and then you have this charter thing coming in. So, uh there are things in there that I think concretely mm -hmm. uh, that supports the development of the African-American community. Now, so then I heard somebody say, well, you have to say black or you have to say. And he's saying to them, look, I don't necessarily have to label it something, you know, or what you want me to label it. You have to pay attention to the policy and know what it is. 
it helps you, doesn't it? And the lady was like, you still have to say black. It just got real bad. I saw the video. It was just like really nuts. But, you know, we have to become a little bit more of a, 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 a students needing to be educated and listen. You know, the Bible talks about it. It says, if let a man has an ear, let him hear. Has an eye, let him see. We have to have a heart to listen to what's really going on, you know, and not allow, you know, some type of popular thought be the reason why we deal with Trump or Bernie or Pete or anyone that's out there. Uh, all right. We already talked a little bit about Bloomberg. Uh, you know, he wasn't even on the ballot in Iowa or uh, New Hampshire. He's not going to be in the ballot in South Carolina, uh, which is up next, Nevada. And then he's going to be on the ballot on Super Tuesday, March 3rd. Uh, he's saturating the airwaves with his commercials, as you pointed out. He's got the monies. He's been spending it. Uh, to push himself t to the polls, almost so it's like it doesn't matter. You're right. He 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 has so much money that it doesn't matter if he's in those first four uh, smaller uh, primaries. Uh, are you, is there any way in your heart of hearts uh, you could see yourself voting uh, for Bloomberg in this primary? Who? Okay, I guess that answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Stop and Frisk. Yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, he, he can buy his way anywhere. I don't even know why he's in participating in politics to begin with. I don't like people like that. I have a problem with people like that. You have way too much money. What is impacted in your world negatively by politics or even positively? You can buy anything you need. You have what you need. What is the problem? You even have generational wealth. You will never spend all your money. You won't, you won't even see your money being spent to, to down to zero. Matter of fact, it will never go down to zero because you're controlling the economic interests of countries. Just not America. Everywhere. Because it's a free market. It's a world market, right? So, I don't... Why are you involved? <laughs> You know, you, I have people in the district that just want their trash picked up on time. That's all they want. You think Bloomberg cares about somebody's trash being picked up on time on a regular basis? Seriously, this is like, look, some they, there may be a rule that should be put in place. I'm playing, but I'm serious, but I'm playing that if you make over a certain income, uh, a certain amount, your income, you can't participate like far as running for an elected office. Cause you're out of you, you you're disconnected. Yeah. You're completely disconnected. You're you're. It's like your world is not. Your world is set. Yeah, that's almost as outrageous as my suggestion at the start of the show that Iowa should lose its voting privileges. That's not. That's not outrageous. <laughs> they they should, they, because they can't count. <laughs> they should lose it. They can't count. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you don't even know if that that was the real count. Yeah. It will forever be an asterisk next to that yes. that race. Yes. You know, I wouldn't even want it if I was claimed to be the winner. I wouldn't walk around and say, I won Iowa. Well, yeah. how did you? Yeah, it's like uh, Barry Bonds claiming that he, not Hank Aaron, is the home run champ. He is. Well, there's an asterisk next to no, it. No, it's not, man. The performer is enhancing drugs and doing anything for him. I can't even get the words out. <laughs> you know he wouldn't have hit all those homers if he, he didn't take the steroids? No, that had nothing to do with his hand and eye coronation. It had to do with his power. No, he well, went through all that early part it, of his it, career with singles no, you know, and doubles. I'm trying to tell you, man. His hand and eye coordination did not, you know, increase or get on a, get better because of the the PEDs. I agree with that point. And so it doesn't matter if he took them or not. He, you know, he just wanted to have a bedroom body, beach body. <laughs> <laughs> And hit 73 homers. Why is it that every time we close down the interview, we end up talking about sports? Hey, man, because it's a soft note, because the rest of this stuff stinks. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I say this. I love uh, Barry Bonds. 
when he was playing for the Pirates. I wanted him to come to the. I just want to get that on the on the record there. When uh, he, you're showing me something, yeah. This oh, is, he showed me a picture of Mayor Pete. Read the headline. Uh, the headline: South Bend Tribune. South Bend's new mayor says he doesn't know if he'll endorse Buttigieg for president. That's when you apply pressure. Uh, James Muller, Pete Buttigieg's childhood friend, former chief of staff, and handpicked successor, says he doesn't know if he'll endorse Buttigieg's presidential bid. Quote, number of great candidates, and I'm just waiting to see how things shake out. I'm thinking of voting for Henry Davis Jr. No, I didn't say that. that. (laughs) He did not say that. No, he he won't even return emails on time. That's funny. Yeah. Well, they say they know you best from back home. And uh, back home. Hey, man. Uh, it's, it's all a job, man. I enjoy it. It's very competitive. It's highly competitive. I, and I enjoy uh, helping people. You know, I, that's what, what it is. Yeah. I got to say, before we go, you told me this. And uh, the notoriety that uh, you've achieved uh, because of this race, uh, you were retweeted by Chance the Rapper. Yeah. And, that was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Does he listen to your show? Do you know if he does? I have no idea well chance if you listen appreciate the retweet bro yeah there you go yeah okay and hey feel free to tweet out the show chance since you're listening so much uh and uh, by the way did you watch the uh, oscar this is your generation no i did not watch the oscars that is some boring stuff but you didn't you didn't uh, you must be a fan of eminem that's your generation right the Oscars is the boring stuff. No, but uh, okay, I'm specifically asking you about Eminem. <laughs> Don't duck and dodge. I, the question. No, I liked Eminem uh, when he first came onto the scene. Now it's just not, you know. It's well, he performed an oldie, and I was thinking about it because I was watching people who were in the audience who were in their 30s and 40s, and it was just like when I people my generation hear a Beatles song or a Motown song, they knew all the words, right? You know, and they were. Oh, I, I didn't know the song because I pretty much stopped listening to popular music after 1979. But That's the year I was born. Thank you <laughs> <laughs> for making me feel real old. <laughs> you were born in 1970. Well, that's when I stopped listening to popular music. It came 1980. I go, ah, that's it for me. The 80s music. was the best era of music. No. Mm-mm. You don't think so? 1970s. Absolutely. Really? By far. The, the 1970s were the best era for music. Movies, politics, sports. Am I forgetting anything? He 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 don't know what you're talking about. He he, he was in the he, 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 yeah. But actually, I'm um I would say the '90s are pretty good in sports. Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Nothing in the '70s. Was Wasn't crazy. that something about Kobe Bryant? Yeah, that was really very. Uh, That's some tragic stuff. It was like it was like gut punch. That. Yeah, I I didn't even know him. You know what I mean? I, no, no one that was you know associated with that 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 was nuts. That was a gut punch. Well, you know, do you have daughters? No, I have a son. You have a son. Yep. Well, if you have a daughter and you coached, I said this on the air already, but if you if you coach your daughters and I coach my daughters to play basketball, okay. And obviously, I'm not as good as Kobe Bryant. Obviously, and my daughters were not as good as his daughter Gianna, who looked to be like she was going to be. She was going. She was on her way. She was on her way. Yeah. And he he saw it in her. He I've heard him talk about her. He he said he saw the competitive spirit in her. He he recognized that part of himself in his daughter. Right. And he said it was just a matter of teaching her the proper way to shoot, how yeah, to dribble, the mechanics, the yeah. mechanics of the game, because yeah. everything else would go from there. And I just I was really shook when that happened because I thought of the relationship between the father. You could and see the it. They were always together. You know, you could see it. You know, the eye connection it was just you saw the relationship it was just something really really tragic 
it was beyond tragic, you know. Like I said, it was a gut punch. It was like, dude, what are you serious? Yeah. yeah. I, I was actually at the gym with my son, you know, playing ball with him when we received the news. You know, and I just automatically knew a man, they're they're not telling the truth, it's just fake news, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went to Google and one story popped up and I was like, Okay, well, I don't know if that's a you know, a good site, you know, to pull in news from and then I don't know if it was even thirty seconds. It, it it just the the whole screen was lit up with the same headline. I was like, "Whoa, this is true." I was it's yeah. Well, one of the reactions, you know, they say there's those different stages of grief, and one of the rea- or stages of grief is denial. So yeah, my friends started texting me uh, that uh, Kobe had died. I I was in denial. No, he didn't. I googled it. Just like I did the same thing you did. There was nothing. Right. And then I saw it was TMZ. I go, "Oh, TMZ, they're wrong. You're gonna see a correction. Kobe's gonna tweet something out. You watch." Yeah, I'm here. Right, and that didn't happen. It didn't happen, not at all. No. You know, it just lets us know that you know we all are. We have a time to go. You know, we're here for a period of time, and and after that, it's on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What a uh, somber, uh, sad way to end the show. No, it ain't. Can you end something on uh, uh, upbeat and fun? My my son is officially a straight up Bulls fan. He doesn't care how bad they are. Uh, who's on the team or not? He is dedicated to the Bulls. He, he look, I'm telling you, I, I looked at him because he he even plays with the Bulls when we play 2K on the PlayStation. <laughs> you know, he's he's going for how it. old is your son? Eleven. He believes in the Chicago Bulls. God bless him. I said the same thing to him as well because I'm really trying to figure this one out. Well, here's here's my attitude on this. <laughs> I. I I moved, my family moved uh, to Evanston, Illinois, which is a suburb just out of Chicago. That's Northwestern University, yes, right? When okay. I was 10. And so that's when I began, came involved in sports. So naturally, I rooted for the Cubs. I rooted for the White Sox. I rooted for the Bulls. I rooted for the Blackhawks. I rooted for the Bears. There was no question in my mind yeah. that I was going to root for me. Sure. I couldn't believe in the 90s, speaking of Kobe, may he rest in peace, when all these kids I knew in Chicago that were my daughter's age were rooting for Kobe. And I would say, why are you rooting for Kobe? Why are you rooting for Ben Gordon and the Bulls? You live in Chicago. You don't live in Los Angeles. Yeah, where's your loyalty at? Yeah, and they're like, Kobe, man, Kobe won. Kobe, they always tell me Kobe won. Where's loyalty? <laughs> Where's the loyalty yeah, at, dude? Come on, so you go through losing seasons and yeah. then they win. You stick to your team, man. No. You, you, be, you be loyal. Yeah. yeah. No, he, 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 the Bulls, I'm telling you, well, bought him a whole bunch of gear. Shorts, you know, long sleeve T-shirts, T-shirts for Christmas, socks, goes to sleep in the socks. Is, it, is it his favorite player Zach Levine? He likes them all, and he talks about Zach Levine. I want to tell you who he likes the most that plays for the Bulls, and you're going to crack up. Derrick Rose. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little behind the time. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He, on 2K, you can, oh, you can you. choose yeah, the yeah. player. And I said, I told him, I said, uh, three, because I call him three, because he's the third. Oh. Say, man, um, you um, know that uh, Derrick Rose plays for the Detroit Pistons. What does that matter? That's his response. What does yeah. that matter? I mean, well, it matters because you like the Bulls because of Derrick Rose. Then he runs down there on a whole entire roster, starting back with Bob Love. And so <laughs> wow. it, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I like the Bulls, and I like Derrick Rose. And that's it. And yeah. so That's good for him. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to give him a little of this. Uh, number three, 
I believe Derrick Rose will return to Chicago and his career with the Chicago Bulls. He should. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that dude is exciting. He's amazing. Why don't they get him now? I mean, what what do you got to lose? The Bulls are terrible this year. Bring Derrick Rose back. Get a little excitement in this town for the Bulls. That's my recommendation. The Bulls has a have a whole different type of uh, way of winning. It's about money. That's their paradigm. So if the seats are filled, the season tickets uh, seats are sold out. Yeah. No matter how many games they put up, you, you guys have the All Star game. You going to All Star game? No, they didn't give us tickets this year, did they, D? <laughs> no, we need to get our tickets. All right, we need to get our tickets this year. So, no, uh, the, this is the third time the All-Star game has been in Chicago. Yeah, I know. I wanted to go. I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, and it just didn't happen. Why don't you call uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and just tell him who your sister is? Man, come on, man. Here we go with this. <laughs> All right, we'll end on that. I pop. might go to jail, man. <laughs> uh, we'll end on that note. Uh, Henry Davis, uh, thank you very much for stopping in, driving in from South Bend. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, anytime, brother. I and, appreciate uh, the, 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 the camaraderie, the, the jokes, the fun. And we'll bring you back in March after, uh, maybe after the uh, Super Tuesday in the Illinois primary and get a sense of where we are uh, in the long haul uh, toward uh, electing or nominating a Democratic uh, candidate to run against Donald John Trump. That's Henry Davis Jr. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. That's correct.